0: Welcome to the God-Centered Concept. I am your host, T.S. Wright. Episode 18, The Process Step 2, God Feels. So today we're going to dive into the next part of this second process. And it really revolves around worship because God's emotions are stirred by the way we worship. They are. It's really by the way that we use our body, our minds, and our mouth. His emotions are stirred by that. You see, when Israel would offer sacrifices, when the people of Israel, I should say, would offer sacrifices to God, it was always this wonder if God was going to accept those. Anytime the Israelites were gathering together and then there would be this process of offering sacrifices to God, and they had a lot of festivals to do that, and we'll we'll cover some of those festivals so we can dig deeper into that. That's going to be something eventually we're going to cover. But for now, it's all because God has emotions. And I want you to understand this. These emotions that we have as people come from God. Because God has those same emotions. See, I think a lot of times we don't give credit to the emotions of God. That God has feelings. I think we talk about it, but I don't think we process it. One of the things that we are going to learn how to do in this Podcast that I'm going to teach is how to spend time in contemplative prayer. See, we need to learn how to uncover and exist in the presence of God. One of the things that has taught me how to do that is actually having conflict with other people. I know that sounds crazy because one of the things the Bible tells us to do is if we're having and we're in the middle of a conflict, to go to the other person and get this resolved before coming back to God. But I also think too, because people come from such varying perspectives, depending on what was done, sometimes there needs to be a little period of separation and contemplation. And that contemplation that you go through is something that you should also do with God. You need that time of contemplation. And part of the contemplation is learning to understand God's emotions, how he feels about When I talk about what I'm going to say here. There was a time period in my life that God put me in. It wasn't very long ago. He almost put me in this state of isolation and that was really hard. So during this time of isolation that I experienced that God put me in and he removed me from ministry was actually one of the most valuable things that has ever happened to me in my life. And, And the reason is, is because he literally trained me on what to focus on, how to work and disciple people who already know Christ or at least claim to, and then also how to better evangelize, how to better talk to people because that, that don't know Christ, because it's important that we understand how God feels and through that process of that training that period of time and there were a few people who are around me that can attest to what I was partly, at least what I was going through, is that the Lord was putting in my heart how he felt. He was literally giving me a mind for it at the time, and he has since pulled that away from me, but it stuck with me, and I'm glad he did, because there is no way I could minister to others with that level of emotion, because it just, it would not go well. And I, there are evangelists and priests and pastors and people who have been in positions of ministry in the past that you can tell through their their writings and their works that they probably had some of those experiences and they started probably realizing that God felt that way the disciples Paul they experienced that in a personal way because they were around Jesus and sometimes because they could there was no way they could write everything that happened i think it's easy for us to miss some of that and i think if a person from that ancient Hebrew culture was reading what we read, they would have a better understanding of it than we would. And the reason is, is because their society was set up in a way, and you can go back to episode two and I talk about this, allude to all of this, is that that culture understood God in the way in, in a holistic way. And so we have to do the same thing. And, and part of this God feels and part of understanding worship is that we are literally stirring the emotion of god which stirs him to action you see god is both creator but he's also reactionary that's why even prophecy itself prophetic things are an if then situation because it does depend on how things unfold and and how we act some personal prophecy may not come true because we don't do it in the way god does or he may reroute it and change some of the circumstances to get it done because he needs you to do it a certain way first before he can allow the results to happen. So this, and I say all that to say this and and to get back to the focal point of this particular episode is that God feels and God's feelings lead to his response and his response leads to action. So, which we sometimes will know as consequences. It's important that we understand God's feelings because And we understand what causes those feelings so we need to we need to dial this back a little bit and sit back and think about how god feels and i'm going to tell you right now you listening here you don't need an experience like i have to understand how god feels you the emotions that you have are the emotions of god because he made you in his likeness he made me in his likeness and he it's not just he made me in his likeness the way we physically look but also how we are, how we feel things, how we respond, how our personalities are. See, God, think about this. You you look at the Myers-Briggs personality test. There's 16 personality types. God has all of them. You know, we probably have an intermix of about two or three. And you probably have one dominant one. So just so you guys know, I have a master's degree in psychology. And so I've studied psychology a lot. And I, I actually did part of my research paper on, or my last paper, I should say on that, I was looking at the understanding of what makes elite athletes elite. And it really came down to, and and Myers-Briggs personality test was part of what I used with that to, to formulate a a plan from, but that Myers-Briggs is a pretty good indication of your dominant part of your personality And how you process information when it gets into into your brain. See, if something happens, we all take it in differently. But God has all 16. And the fact that God has all 16 personalities even helps us more understand the fact that he understands us. It helps us to realize he understands us. So, he also, not only does he understand our emotions, but that needs to flip around. You see, we talk so much about, well, God understands us, and he loves us, and it's all about... And and what happens is, is when we talk that way, and really a lot of this training that I'm talking to you guys about, is that we're so focused on how God, what he gives us, again, going back to that, we're worried about our blessing, that we forget that it's not about us, it's about him. We need to learn him in every aspect, including his emotions. And part of how you learn about that is that you learn through that, through your own emotions. So think about this. Think about the last time you got hurt by somebody and it, or it made you, and it made you angry. Remember, emotions are secondary things. There is a cause that is driving that emotion. And we need to understand that when we feel those God has those same emotions. He does. And think about this. I think sometimes God allows things to happen to people. Number one, so you will understand his emotions. And number two, it may be that's how you're making God feel. Or at least you have in the past and you had made restitution to that. So one of the things you learn when you are learning communication skills with other people is not to say things directly at them about them personally, but to say something as, when this happened, this is what I felt. Well, we need to realize that that's the same thing with God. When certain things happen, this is what he felt. But I will tell you in the Bible, God does characterize people and he does. And he has the, by the way, he has the right to do that. We don't, but he does because he's the king and he's the owner. But sometimes I think he does that not because he's trying to hurt you, but because he's trying to get your attention. To realize that if you're a person falling in these patterns, this is how you're making him feel over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And, over. and it's not a positive thing. It's a negative one. You're the, and you're making him jealous and angry and all these things. And all of a sudden, he has to characterize you in a way so it'll wake you up. It'll get your attention. He's not trying to say that that it has to be permanent, but... What he's saying is, this is where you're at right now. And it all comes back to because God feels. And it all dials back to your worship. See, your mind, your body, and your mouth are everything. That is your worship. And when we are not worshiping correctly, we stir God's emotions in a negative way. Those, that scent, that aroma that you give off to God, makes God feel a certain way. It will make him feel joy. It'll make him feel proud. It'll make him feel honored. Or it can make him feel dishonored, angry, jealous. So, one of the things that I've learned is that God's jealousy runs deep and it stirs anger in him when he feels jealous. And the Bible tells us this over and over. There's so many, there's a lot of passages about God's jealousy. Matter of fact, it's embedded in the Ten Commandments. If you read the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, right at the very front, he calls himself a jealous God. He is a jealous God. And you shall have nothing before me. That means you can't put anything in front of God or even equivalent to God. So when we're doing this training, we need to understand God's emotions and his feelings. God feels. So let me help you fill in the blank. God feels when you do something. He's going to feel. Now imagine 8 billion people and God being connected to every one of them since they are his creation, since we are all his creation. Every time one of us does something, he feels. Now imagine collectively 8 billion people not doing it the way God wants it. Imagine how he feels. Exactly. We are sinful on a level that is unexplainable. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us this as well. Jeremiah 17:9. The heart is wicked and evil and beyond and beyond cure for who can understand this? It is not even explainable why we are is intrinsically evil as we are self-centered so when you're listening to this again i can answer, again i can go back to the same thing i brought up before why does bad things happen to good people are there any good people in their flesh so jeremiah 17 9 tells me the answer to that romans the book of romans you can read through all the uh, the letters of paul and realize that god covers our sin through jesus christ through his shed blood, death, and resurrection. The point is, is our sin is hideous to God and it does not make God feel good. It matter, in fact, it stirs his jealousy and it stirs him to anger and then eventually stirs his wrath. See the connection? And that's why we need Jesus. So part of this, God feels, leads us to the understanding of why we need Christ and then why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. But it also, we've got to get on an intimate level to understand God's emotions, how he feels and I think sometimes we get so caught up in our own lives and how we feel and how things are being done to us is that sometimes maybe God is doing some things in your life that are not fun to get you to realize how He feels and to remember that He is the focal point, not everything else. Everything else is just details compared to God. Paul in Philippians 3. We'll go right back to it. God is not just a part of your life he is the focal point and what in part of what was happening with the Pharisees at that time and he was a Pharisee before he was converted is that he talked about his perfection in society and amongst people Paul did in Philippians 3 but then calls it all a loss and calls it all garbage basically calls himself nothing he does that in Acts twenty twenty four. most likely he's speaking to Luke when Luke writes that in Acts twenty twenty four. That's coming from Paul. It certainly sounds like it is. And Luke followed Paul a lot. And so a lot of Acts is written based on what Paul was doing and said and things of, the things that he uh, conveyed. But also, you can see that conveyed in Philippians chapter 2. You can see that right there in chapter 3 of Philippians. Okay, so we we get that understanding from, from him that we're not to value ourselves. We're to value God. And from there... We understand how to share the good news of God's grace. We take the ownership off of ourselves. It goes on. Everything that we talk about here will always go back to episodes one, two, and three. They will, they'll have a reflection and it all reverts back to episode one because we got to remember who the owner is. God created us to reflect him and his emotions, His how he feels matters. It matters. It needs to matter in your life. Are you paying attention to how God feels? So here's just a little list of things that God can feel again and I have sort of tapped on this earlier but God feels happy he feels joy God feels jealous so imagine the spouse whose other spouse has cheated on them and imagine the level of jealousy that stirs I want you to multiply that by a thousand and that's how God feels see when we put something before him in a way it's adultery it really is. When we do something where we put something at the equivalent or above God, that's what that is. That's what idolatry does. Is it and it stirs God's jealousy. It makes him jealous. See, he is jealous for you. That's how much he loves you. And he is so imagine 8 billion people doing it all wrong and putting things making them bigger than God or better than God in their life and making them more important than God in their life and imagine how that makes God feel. Just imagine that, that jealousy that he feels. No wonder we're a mess. Because God's trying to get our attention to remind us, hello, I'm the one you focus on. And obviously I'm not talking about Scott Wright, I'm talking about God here. But God's the one you want to focus on. You see, my broadcast is not like, and I know that sometimes some of you have listened to people and sometimes things get twisted back and it looks like it's all about, a church. It's all about a person. It's all about a group. And and the focal point always kind of comes back to them. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not what we're doing. What I'm trying to get you to realize is how to make your, your focal point on God and God alone. We don't worship the church. We honor God by serving in the church and serving with the church. Okay. That's different, but God is the focal point. He's the leader. He's the King. See in the book of Judges, which I'm reading right now, and I'm going to have a, some podcasts along down the road here about judges and believe it or not, the book of numbers. And we can talk about that another time, but in this book of judges, God is and the people are struggling here. Okay. It's a back and forth. It's a back and forth and there's 12 judges and I'm not going to get into all the breakdown of that. But during this time period, there's this cyclical action of the people repenting and coming back to God and God restoring and then things go well for a while. And then it, reverts back and then God has to warn them and then discipline them and then they fall off and then they are oppressed and then after that oppression God raises up a judge and after they're repented of course they have to repent and then God raises up a judge and then he leads them to victory over whoever's oppressing them and then it's back to restoration and then there's a time of peace and then they fall off again and it all goes back to Deuteronomy 8 because People don't handle success very well. This oppression that keeps occurring is all about them stirring the emotions of God because they are putting things in front of God. See, when we get fat and happy, it's what I've heard some people say, when we get too comfortable, which is probably a better way to say it, so if you're talking to somebody else that's not a Christian or you're talking to somebody who's not really ready to handle this level of truth yet, remember what I'm going to say here. Use the word comforting. We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We need to be uncomfortable because that keeps us focused on God. When we get too comfortable, we think we're the ones. We think we're the it. I mean, I hey, I've been around athletics all my life, so I'll use athletes as my example here. But I've watched a lot of athletes who thought they were the it. And then they'll get injured. And then it's a long climb back. And they're not as good as when they come back as they were. And they struggle with that because they're not the man. See, the point is, is we never are the man. We're never the lady. We're never the the queen or the king. You know, even in in your relationships, your marital relationships, is somebody in that relationship being put on a pedestal and that's kicking God off the throne. Might be why your relationship is struggling. So I want you to think about that culture. I mean, again, you're stirring God's emotions. He's not going to bless that. God has to be the focal point all the time. And it's, it all comes down to your day-to-day. And you're, if you're not getting your way, you need to ask yourself this question. Am I focused on God's work? Am I focused on His will, His word? Am I spending time with Him? And then, is my spouse spending time with Him? And if one or both of you says, no, we got a problem. And it's not just spending time with Him and you praying about changing the other person. But it, you need to, you need to have contemplative time with God. Because you need to realize that God has emotions and we need to understand how we're stirring those emotions and you cannot do that without spending some time with Him. You have to spend time with God. I'm going to tell you right now, and I told somebody this once, if I don't spend, and I'm not saying it has to be straight two hours, but if I don't spend at least two hours with God off and on every day and then if I'm not having consistent prayer time and when I say consistent prayer And I'll talk, I'll have some episodes on prayer eventually to talk about this. But if I don't have some different variety of praying throughout the day, I've got to have it in the morning, mid-morning, early noon, or early afternoon, late afternoon, evening, late evening, and at night, and then and when I get up, if I don't have some of that contemplative time with him, and I don't have that worship, that praise and offer that praise and offering time with him every day, if I don't have that Bible reading every day if I don't have all that time and, I, and I've figured out I have to have at least when you combine all that a minimum this is just me saying there's just this baseline absolute minimum because the day is so insane of two hours my heart is not good it just isn't which tells me right away how evil my flesh is and I also realize that God has put that in me So I will always recognize my need for him. So that'll keep me attached to him and put him on the throne. It forces me to put him on the throne even when I know or even when I don't want to. I need to stir God's emotions in a positive way because God feels. His feelings are that of love, but they are also that of a king. And see, and I'm going to talk about this absolute thing in the very next episode. We're going to talk, we're getting into worship. We're understanding these parts of worship. But the very next episode is understanding hierarchy, the word hierarchy. And as as I've dove into Deuteronomy, which the Lord kept me there for a long time, and I encourage all of you, read the entire book of Deuteronomy and then focus on chapters 4 through 12. Just focus on chapters 4 through 12. And always keep in your mind that hierarchy and putting God at the top of that. But this hierarchy thing, big deal. Because God wants to be at the top and it makes God feel sad, jealous, and eventually angry and eventually leads to his wrath or his pulling in part of his wrath. Sometimes is just separation that leads all of that because we're not putting God on the throne and it stirs those emotions. And at the same time, when we do put him on the throne and we do follow his will and his way, and we listen to his voice and follow the call of his leading and obedience it stirs his love and his joy and naturally he wants to pour out blessing upon us it's just a natural reaction we should and he doesn't want us to expect the blessing he just wants to re- us to receive it and thank him see the reason you need to have a thankful a thankful attitude every day and that of a grateful attitude towards him is because remembering that he is your creator and he has the right to do with you what he chooses and knowing that that he wants to be thanked and not just taken for granted we want to make sure that we have a grateful attitude towards god that's why you need that and remember that it is stirring his emotion that is part of obedience is being grateful to the lord and it's also honoring him and giving him all the credit you've heard me talk about in this broadcast i don't i couldn't come up with all this stuff myself i just couldn't i have to give god all the credit i'm sort of forced to because i know my finite mind can't speak to all these things. It's just, it's impossible. I'm just going to be honest with you. I could go to all the seminary and I've, while I haven't attended seminary, there's so much information. You can actually get free training of the same things that, that a lot of these preachers go to for seminary. It's all online now on YouTube. I mean, think about it, the things that electricians and all this other stuff do. And I don't recommend you ever putting yourself in danger. And I'm saying that as a, is kind of the side note here. Hey, the disclaimer, don't do this stuff on your own at home. It could be dangerous, but some things do require a professional help, but I'm going to tell you right now, you can learn just about anything now with the advent of the internet and all the information out there. You really can. There's some complex things that you can't, but you can, I did not go to seminary, but I have been trained in discipleship and evangelism. I've also been trained in a lot of other areas where I've went through study and things of that nature, and I've worked that out with other people. So I don't have the degree part, but here's what I'm going to tell you. You can learn it too, but none of that still, and I say all this to say that I don't care if you've met the most well-trained who has a doctorate degree pastor or any other subject or any other, uh, aspect of church subjects. Okay. If you have not, been submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit, he can do what no one else can do. So I have to give him the credit. Even when I'm studying, the. because I'll break this down to the minute detail, even when I'm studying these things, when I study these little pieces, God is the one putting the thoughts in me. I mean, just to the minute detail of the thinking. And he created my brain. I mean, every aspect of every part of learning and then explaining and teaching is Coming from him. So I have to give him total credit for that. Even when I don't want to. Even when I want to take some of the credit for self, I can't. If I do, I'm lying. It, It really is. When I'm not giving God the credit, you're really lying is what you're doing. And again, you're going to stir God's emotions. We can go right back to this. We stir God's emotions. We have to look at life in a way not about what God is giving to us, but about how are we serving him. And not because God needs us to serve him. okay? He doesn't need us to serve him to make him better. Okay? Again, that goes back to the whole self-reflective part of not making yourself too important. God doesn't need me to do this broadcast. He could he could have somebody else do it. Scott Wright is not the man because I'm doing this broadcast and telling you this great stuff. The Holy Spirit is just showing his power in me. Because there was a time, even after I knew Christ, I could never have done this. I couldn't have given you this perspective. My perspective would have been a lot more selfish, to be honest with you. And to, to God be the glory. He changed me. And I'm not the only person. I've met a lot of people that that's, those type of things have happened to. And I, just, I, I, don't, I try not to use other people's examples because I don't want to make somebody look bad or put them in a position that makes them uncomfortable. So I'll just use myself as the examples as much as I can, but the bottom line is to God be the glory. And I would tell you this, if you're listening to me, don't think I'm the owner of this information or that I'm all that because I'm giving you some great stuff. I'm going to tell you to follow the heart of God and I'm going to tell you to give him the credit. Just like if somebody works a miracle, if somebody lays hands on somebody and there's a miracle, there's a healing, there's something that happens, we don't worship what actually happened. And we don't worship the person who it came through. We worship God for it. And remember that that's only temporary. This podcast is temporary. Eventually it will no longer exist, but the word of God will stand forever and God will stand forever. And your position with him and how you made him feel will still be there. It doesn't go away. Remember that. Now, can you make God angry and then repent and make him happy again? Yes, of course you can. And that can happen, but it's not going to happen if we are always focused on blessing and not realizing that God has feelings and remembering that he is the king, the owner of all of this, the creator. We have to submit ourselves to him. It is our job to submit to him. It is not his job to submit to us. To And, if, and, and be careful because you don't want to force him to make you submit. And his emotions and feelings matter in all of this. And it starts with that depth. And if you really want to understand it, what stirs his emotions? Your obedience. So I'm going to finish with the greatest commandment of all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your might, for this is the greatest commandment. Are you doing that? Ask yourself that question and don't just ask yourself contemplative prayer with God. Just go before him with an open heart and a humble one. Remember to recognize him as the owner and the creator of all of this and ask him, am I following this commandment in the way that you want me to am i or am i trying to serve you in my in the way that i want to you know i mean because those things will stir god as well it's it's about his will his word i'll say it this way and we'll go this order his word his will and also in his way the way he wants you to do it that matters how you get there matters the the ends don't justify the means remember that The means matter to God too. The way you get there matters because it will stir his emotions. So remember, dig into his emotions, dig into God's emotions, dig into your own. And sometimes you may be experiencing all these emotions because God is wanting you to pay attention that that's how he feels. And it may not be necessarily that it's something that you you're doing to make him feel that way. He just may want you to understand it. I've had that happen. It wasn't anything that I did wrong necessarily or that I was making him feel that way, but he just wanted me to understand it so I could better convey to others those things. We have to remember that it's all about him. And again, it goes back to that first commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might and all your strength. Say it in whatever order you want to. There's different... Biblical passages and verses on that. But you get the point. The greatest commandment is that. Don't make anything else the greatest commandment. Don't make anything else the greatest commandment. Always remember, He is the one that we bow to. He is the one that we worship with our mind, our heart, our body, our mouth. Every aspect of who you are requires it. It's not a request from God, it is a command. Are you doing that? Are you willing to submit? to him. Are you doing that? Spend some time with the Lord and ask him those questions. Ask him those questions. Just a couple of upcoming things that we want to make you aware of is that I will have two publications that will be coming out here towards the end of the year. One is on the seven ages of the church and the other is the first part of the God-centered concept called ownership. Now, obviously there's a lot more detail when we do it in writing than we even can put on the podcast just simply because there's absolutely no way we can cover every detail like we would in a writing. So those will become available to you towards the end of 2023, beginning of 2024. Also, if you go to amazon.com, we have our God-Centered Concept Journal that is now out. There's different sizes that you can choose from. It's Making God's Word My Ways. God-Centered Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways, by T.S. Wright. Be sure to pick up your copy today. Until next time, go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.